Hey, how's it going out there? This is your host, Say Less, Grow More, here with the Auto Flower Review. Today we're going to change it up a little bit, so roll up that sticky, heat up the courts, and join me for some business and buds. Today's special guest is Real489. You want to start off? What's up? You want to start off by telling us a little bit uh, who you are and where you're from? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a grower up here in New England. Um, I've, I've been a, you know, a grower since I've, I've originally grew up, you know, down South in Florida too, as well. But, um, when I really started chasing the passion and really going after it, I, it was once I moved up here to Maine, um, I've lived here for the past, you know, 10 years going on more. I'm a married man. I got kids here. Um, I'm a grower that enjoys hydroponics. I think hydroponics is one of my specialties and, uh, something I really have a lot of passion for and growing um i do enjoy growing all kinds of things too as well you know uh from you know uh cannabis you know to the subspecies of cannabis with all the flowers of course to you know vegetables other flowers you know succulents uh you know even you know breeding with other plants you know um breeding with cannabis breeding with you know uh, peppers and such you know stuff like that is is all in the future of continuing to live this lifestyle that I've lived since I've been here in Maine. Um, it's something that I've uh, always had passion for and just really wanted to do. Um, once I started getting into it, uh, one thing led to another. You know, it started off with just a few plants and then it turned into as many plants as I can grow in one area. And then it turned yeah. into how could I, I agree. Oh, totally. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely. Crazy. It's a Even crazy when I first started growing, when I first started growing um, weed too, all of a sudden I'm like, man, like I need to get a garden. I want to grow tomatoes. Like it definitely is like a a gateway into a lot more growing, which is nice. Yeah, you kind of have to have a knack for it in a way too. You know, of course, mm-hmm. people know that out there. Humans, we all know our limits. We all know things that we're good at. We all know that if we have a passion for something, of course, we can learn and and practice until practice makes perfect, of course. But if you don't really have that passion, that burning desire to really like plants and want to grow all kinds of plants, sometimes cannabis doesn't work out. You know, it's kind of like a a natural knack. That's why people, they they say green thumbs, you know, it's a a spiritual thing. It's really something that's passed down uh, genetically. You never know. Uh, Your parents could have been farmers, grandparents, you know, uh, they didn't mean to say parents, but to say like your ancient parents, your grandparents, you know, that you've never met. And stuff like that they probably were really extremely into plants you know and it was genetically passed down to that too um because my uh my pepe his father was uh very into growing and um he what he would do is he would uh take all different species of apple trees and kind of join them all into one so you would have an apple tree where you can get you know i mean a macintosh a yellow apple a green apple all these apples would generate off from one tree so i definitely right. got some deep-rooted green thumbs so i can yeah. understand what you're saying there that's pretty cool i mean those those are definitely the advanced methods as you learn it's a into growing and more i believe maybe he was doing something with grafting if, if what i've heard i've yep. seen multiple different fruits growing off of off the plant related to you know you were like the apples there i mean i think those are definitely things that you start to chase as you start to grow uh in your in your career of lifestyle growing i mean it's just something that chases uh a lot of people in here in maine and uh my life since i've been here it allows me to grow the laws are a lot better here than a lot of other states as far as acquiring you know uh licensing and 
you know, permits and, and being able to really cover, you know, the, the plant count that you need to as well. So that's something that we do as well up here. We are also, uh, yeah. So uh, how, how are the laws? How many plants can uh, you grow? Like if okay. you're a, a normal, normal person. So the laws up here, you know, they're, they're always changing. It's an ever-revolving carousel. You know, we're not on the same laws as many other states, and that's why I've recognized as this being such a northern state um, up here in the in New England, it's kind of the hidden gem for cannabis. Not a lot of people know about Maine. Maine's really the true hidden gem of cannabis. There is a lot of wonderful laws up here, which really allow us to grow and maintain and, and live this lifestyle that allows us to go through genetics, constantly pop seeds. So uh, if you are a resident of Maine, you can acquire a card, a cannabis card. Um, it used to be called the Office of Marijuana Policy, and they just changed that. So the actual official term is cannabis and the word marijuana, which was a word um, that we adopted, I believe, that came from the Latin and Mexican region of called marijuana. So they use cannabis now. It's called the OCP. And the OCP uh, here in Maine is just an ever-revolving law change. Uh, like just recently today, I believe it was today, they were, uh, I believe uh, today being March 29th, uh, I believe they had a meeting today and they allow the public to come in and speak. And a lot of people will tell them how they feel about certain systems, laws, things that are coming into play, uh, whether it was, you know, in introduced through um, uh, um cannabis uh, caregivers here, or it was introduced through government, you know, because sometimes uh, by going to these law meetings, we're able to bring up certain things that will actually help the cannabis uh, laws for the greater good, you know. If it's is, there any, um, is there any current laws right now that you would like to see changed? Um, as of right now, I am a go with the flow type of guy. If there is something that is going to be taken away, I am more someone to speak up on that. But as far as the way things are going now, I have no um, complaints. Um, of yeah. course, there may be a few things like I'll take, for example, in the past, uh, they wanted to take away the fact that employees working in a cannabis operation, uh, say caregiver, I've been, a, I was a bud tender for the past three, almost three years. And yep. I, uh, where were you working at? I was uh, working in Wilton, Maine with a company and uh, that okay. company was a great company. You know, I worked with them. I was able to learn a lot, a lot through the Indica system, the POS system for their registers and how the inventory works and how their cannabis works as far as coming in and, you know, exporting how each sale was and the loss for each person. So I got to learn a lot at all times. So I kind of like to just go with the flow. But for example, of one of the things that bothered me was they were trying to say, that uh, employees were no longer able to smoke at the workplace. Well, during break, I'm a I'm also a licensed cannabis consumer as well. Right. You know, I'll get into that uh, um, here in a little bit when I kind of discuss some more of the law facts here and yeah. uh, into into the growing. But we'll just say um, they were trying to take away the fact that employees wouldn't be able to smoke on break. Well, the law is is it has to be 25 feet away from the cannabis facility. So. Mm -hmm. Luckily for us, we have we had a passionate um, owners there that were, you know, really understanding about the fact that some of us, you know, uh, need this for multiple reasons, you know. And one of my reasons was I was hit by a semi truck on Interstate I-95 about four years ago. So yeah. I typically use it for pain. I had a little bit of an injury going on and I had, you know, surgery for it and stuff. So, you know, do you, um, like deal with like tinctures or edibles or just kind of smoking? 
Everything overall. I, I typically yeah. will use uh, different things for different ailments. It depends on what I'm going through for the day. You know, I try not to just make it a basis thing. I try to really go scientifically through it and try not to use it as much if I don't need to. So I'm not getting my THC levels and tolerance way up to where I'm having to consume so much in order to get the relief that I need. So I try to use it on a, a proper format because, you know, of course, everything in moderation, as they say. But, uh, exactly. you know, have you ever tried the um, like the CBD lotions or anything like that for your pain? Yeah, I, they do work, but um, I typically sometimes don't like to use too much uh, epidermal type of things because I'm sensitive to the skin. So, yeah. um, whenever I touch cannabis in abundance or I'm in the grow room and flower, if it brushes against me, my bare skin hearts, it sometimes will cause a bit of an irritation. Um, yep. If I get, uh, if I'm breaking up the cannabis and I'll touch my eyes or something or rub my eyes. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, hell no. I <laughs> do not. That's yeah. a big no no right there. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a little bit of a, so sometimes I, I'll be reluctant to touch topicals, but I do mm -hmm. consume it and I do smoke it. And, you know, th those to go back to the, the fact that they wanted to change the laws that it really hurt me. So I was able to uh, attend one of those meetings, like I mentioned, they have today. And what they do is they go on Zoom. And they allow everybody to connect, and they allow those cameras That's to good. show you. The, the virtual meetings are nice because it definitely allows people that wouldn't normally attend a meeting to attend a meeting. So that's good that they're doing that. Correct. And the cool part is, is whenever you sign up beforehand, you have to put your credentials in there. So not just anybody could show up. They really know who's showing up. Just in case we have like a special lawyer from a different state decide that he's going to come in and kind of make one of those officials look bad if they weren't on their P's and Q's. But that's nor here nor there. So to go back to what I was saying was the truth about the laws being changed was just you know, if you speak up for it, it won't change. So we spoke up for it. A couple other people did. They said, thank you so much, Lord. You know, uh, appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, it was, it was quite nice being able to speak. And, and, and you know, on behalf of people you know, as well. Yeah, people were listening and uh, the law didn't change. So we were able to still consume on grape when we needed to and i felt like that was a huge thing man i mean that, that, is huge. that is huge yeah you know it's a whether or not people think that cannabis is a hard job a lot of people on the outside looking in they'll they'll think oh uh, their job is just so nice all they have to do is work around but it's a hard work it's still a job it's a yes. nine to five and you got to show up every day. And that was one thing that, you know, we were always honorable and proud with. And when we retired from the company, um, after discussing with the owners that we were going to be on our own endeavors, he understood that, you know, I was above my pay grade and it was time that I graduated to really becoming a retail, resale and a full-time caregiver. And, you know, I'm able to achieve those things and, and do that here in the state of Maine for a reasonable price. And that's I think impressive. that's why you see that. Yeah, there's a lot of people from the California, Washington, Oregon regions that are now moving here to Maine for that specific reason, because they know that even the guys starting out first few years are still making names for themselves out there. They're still mm -hmm. able to grow and maintain a decent sale per unit. Um, unit means you know, pounds. So typically if you're a wholesaler, uh, a lot of guys like myself per se will grow a room of Florida period buds. Now I can get into how many plants you can grow. So when you obtain your license, uh, whether or whether or not you're going to be a caregiver, you're going to have the ability to grow. You're going to have 69 plants, uh, depending if the law just changed. 
I believe it's six to nine plants still. So you're going to have the ability to grow and maintain your own buds. You don't have to have a designation card no more. You don't is have it six to... to nine per person. Yes. So if, and you're... if you have like two people in a household, can you get away with more plants if there's two people in that right. house or is it? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's basically the same as mass. Yeah, but you won't be able, there's, there's only one little catch up on that. And, and I might as well mention it now. So because of that issue, you're not able to go into business with your partner. So that is one thing. Oh. So whenever you go into business, that person um, can no longer, you know, it doesn't work like that. You're going to have to afford your own slots, which is, that's what I do. So when mm -hmm. I became a caregiver, well, it's not like we both had our cards. So um, what happened was I had to take an option. There was an option of square footage. The square footage allowed, I believe, 1,500 square foot. Uh, could be 500. I need to double check. Could be in between, but it's anywhere between 500 and 1,500 square feet. And you yep. have your unlimited plant cow. So you have that option. It costs, I believe, 1,500. I believe it's like that. Actually, I should, even should make people do the homework on that. Say. But we can still <laughs> give a little tips. We can give some tips and tricks here on the Autoflower Ruby Show. But we're not going to give you anything. We want you to do a little bit of homework for yourself. But when you go yep. in to find out what the prices are, you know, you'll see that you could afford square footage or you could afford plant count. So in my case, I have an RBWC system. It's not a square footage area necessarily. I could switch and take my RBWC system out. But as if right now, I have 36 plants in my system. So I buy a 36 plant count. So that's the spots that I buy. It maintains about a decent affordable rate on the top prices and I'm able to grow that many plants uh, outdoor and indoor. Um, sometimes we grow a little bit more because we know, you know, things could happen and we need to abort certain situations depending, you know, because sometimes with the RDWC system, you typically want to run clones, you know, so say yep. if uh, you don't, you yeah, don't want have a faster turnover cycle. Correct. Yeah. You don't want to have a variety of clones. You typically want to run at least one row of this, one row of that, or eight of this, eight of this, eight of this, and eight of this, you know, stuff like that. You typically mm -hmm. don't want to mix it up completely unless you're a variety grower and you're doing it, for, you know, hobby. And, the, and, just yeah, and the, the, the clones probably help you get a better, um, like even like no, because that way if you have all the different plants, yeah. you have to put off different genetics, you know, different expressions. So that way with yeah. the clones, you have more of like a someone gets this nug, it's gonna be the same each time they get it. You know what I mean? It's not gonna be different every time. And they're getting it. What, it what the change. hell is this? Right. Yeah. It can change. You can actually change expression through nutrients. So um that is one ability I do have. So sometimes people will say, Oh, well, we're used to smoking this clone. Maybe we need some different. Sometimes you can grow with a different nutrient and say, uh, I was growing with a peanut percent. And this, they're used to that control, same old thing, you know, real easy, basic stuff. And then I flip into something, say, cutting edge uh, solutions or drip hydro or something that's really got some science behind it. And I start yep. using nutrients and it makes it look better, smell better, taste better to the point where they don't even recognize it. You know, so it's it, it boosts your level up. So sometimes you could really change your um, output and your hydro by just switching up the nutrients a little bit, not being set on the same stuff every time, really trying something new. And I figured that out by not uh, being a little optimistic in the garden and not really being one of those stone guys where I say, hey, I know what works for me and I stick with it. You know, hey, I'm always looking for it's gotta be flexible. Things better. Yeah, be flexible. 
it's a chaotic situation for a reason. You ain't going to be able to work with it, you know? It's not just yep. a shortcut, you know, because then your bugs are going to be shortcut. Just the way it goes. Yep. I so sometimes, you. You, know, you know, you could switch it up a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's nice to have uh, growing here in Maine because of the laws. I like it up here a lot. What's up, guys? This is Mike from The Review. Just want to tell you about Atlantis Hydroponics. We've been using these guys for years now. They've uh, been based in Atlanta since 1998. They have pretty much anything and everything you could possibly need regarding your grow. They have a very knowledgeable staff that's ready to answer any questions you might have. They have a great selection of nutrients, lights, fans, carbon filters, and pretty much everything else. And for those of you that aren't near the Atlanta area, you can experience the same great level of service at AtlantisHydroponics.com. And Maine's beautiful. Oh, you yeah. You have snowboarding, you have unlimited hiking trails, oh. and Maine's a beautiful place yeah. to be. I was just snowmobiling um, this weekend. I went up to uh, Quill Hill. I got to ride around on great snowmobiles and uh, and get a snowmobile purchased here for myself here. And, uh, there you go. My land that we own, we own about 30 acres attached to our house. We're going to be able to have four wheelers here, and we're going to be able to ride around on the four wheelers, really get the land kind of tied out. You guys didn't get any farm animals? Yeah, so we're really thinking about it. We got a lot of we got a lot of good land, and we want to do something with it. You know, it's all about having goats clean up the yards here. You know, yeah, um, possibly getting some chickens. Uh, chicken. I think taking care of chickens is a really good thing. Uh, I haven't seen many coyotes. There's a lot of wild turkey. <laughs> A lot of wild beers and stuff, you know. So we yeah. do get the, the the nice nature, and you know it would be good to do a little bit of farm raising. But we get winter five months out of the year, so we I, I know it sounds crazy. The seasons do change, but the snow doesn't, the temperature doesn't. I'm talking about snow on the side of the road, snow in your backyard, unable to really grow because it's still 40 degrees every night, you know. And it does exactly. It's still it might be nice during the day, but the at yeah. night the temperatures are dropping, so it's keeping that soil temperature really low. Right. So indoors, it's not a problem for growers. You know, we just, you know, pop, create that environment, get things grooving. But when it comes to outdoors here, we only have so much, which led me into actually really discovering the fact that autoflowers were great for that. It was actually something that we were able to get to harvest out of before the season ended. And the fact that it was so cold for about five months, we were able to still grow and get some efficiency, you know, where photo periods would really hinder, you know, and sometimes some of them don't make it through. But we grow a lot of photo periods. We grow a lot of autoflowers. It's, it's not really balanced. We grow a little bit more photos than autos, but we love autoflowers out here for our outdoors too as well because when we get so much, you know. So Maine can be very good growing. But there's some I definitely have gotten some very good weed from Maine. If I, I'll say probably the best dispensary weed I've got, uh, I'd have to say it was probably from uh, Kind Farms up in Maine. Oh, I farms, man. They, they, they kill it over there. Bars, yeah, their chocolate bars are almost second to none. They're very famous for them. Uh, being kind farms, spoke on many occasions. Need to touch base with them again. Um, I feel like kind farms is also one of those people who feature seed packs in their store. Other great memorabilia. Yep. Those people are smart. They, they're growers. They're not just people out here to make money. You know, fortunately, um, I was able to learn, you know, the difference, you know, of, of what real dispensaries were compared to, you know, what dispensaries um, that are here just for money, you know, and a lot of those guys are city slickers, you know, and the people here from Maine, they're craft growers. They do this for passion and they do this because 
Well, there ain't much to do around here, you know? <laughs> well, that's the whole point of the podcast, you know what I mean? So you can get these craft growers out more in right. the public. <laughs> yeah. The real understanding. That's why that's what I said. Like it just because dispensary, you know, you can't knock it and think it's bad dispensary. There's some people out there doing it right and doing it correct. And they need they to have more light shined on them. It's their lifestyle. There's there's not yeah. too much to do. So craft hobbies are very let me put this in a good way. I might have said that in a bad way. Just for everybody, let me get let me bring that back for you. It's not because it's too out here. It's just the fact that you know there's a lot of time in the home because of the cold weather and stuff that people put a lot into the hobbies. You know, there's not a lot of party central out here, and there's not a lot of clubs. Not, you know, barely games or clubs at all. I think it's maybe it's a different lifestyle up there. You know yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, it's a whole different lifestyle. It's called a vacation land. And it's because a lot of people are into the outdoors and into, uh, you know, really the nature of everything. You know, and I, I try to take advantage of every season we got. I try to take advantage of all the great laws we have here. The great state of Maine is some wonderful things. Like, I'm very proud to be present here and I consider myself a Maine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Are you uh, hunting any new strains or creating anything new? So hunting strains, selecting strains, selecting from new strains. It's all in abundance at all times here at Viking Barns. Our first door, which is typically a basement, um, we dedicate directly to breeding, growing, testing, finding everything down there. We have a production room that is just outside of our home, which is attached to our home, but it's outside stored. You know, we have a um, very nice build out that we uh, put a lot of investment into, and that's where our RBWC is located, our system. And yep. where we do our photo period growing at. And on the first floor of our house is where we do a lot of the autoflower growing at as far as the breeding. And then production-wise, um, we have a, another room that we have built for that as well. And, of course, we have the outdoors once the, that weather permits. Season comes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's getting close, up. man. It's getting close. Have you, do you yeah. have anything started ready to go outside? Or what time do you normally kind of start your seedlings to get them ready to go outside? So we got some new genetics and stuff like that that we're trying to work on right now. We're going to bring them outside. We're going to start them coming up at start of in April and yep. really try to hopefully get them out there by the end of this month into May. Um, everything's starting to melt right now. We're uh, currently working on auto-feminized of our original genetics that we have already dropped on our prior minis. So for a long time, we have worked on a razor. We have not done auto-flower fem at all. Um, besides a couple few, excuse me, besides a handful of projects on the side that we did, um, just to kind of experiment, get used to the process, it really kind of got things going. And we realized that when we first started working auto flowers, the auto flower regular, it we loved it because it allowed us to breed. We really wanted to Correct. have the ability to have the males and make new genetics. That was really yep. kind of the, the cool uh, part, uh, part about it. You know, the autoflower regulars, they, they're just very intricate. You know, I'm going to go into other details. I could talk for days about them. I'll keep it short. <laughs> we'll have another conversation later about them. But the autoflower regular, we just, we focused on that for a long time. And right now, the new genetics that we're doing is autoflower stem. The reason why we're working with stems now is because we realize that when it comes to production and whenever a grower wants to grow an autoflower, he wants a big plant with big buds that produce every single time on a level that we're all photo periods in. And there's a lot of other flowers these days that do that, including the ones that we're going to represent 
Uh, through our auto flower regular, we have selected among at least 50 to 100 plants. Um, each females that we pick out, we pick out two females each. Um, we pick out the very best one to be reversed into the second best female. And I feel like starting with auto flower regular kind of helps the stability and what we've brought into those auto flower females as far as genetics and stability. Um, we've tested them in house. We've tested yep. them with other people too, as well, to see expressions all throughout the world, not just the United States. We have some oh, yeah. in Australia, some in Indonesia, yeah, some in the Island, Puerto Rico, Alaska, um, here in the US, um, you know, Canada. We really try to get expressions everywhere. And we really try yeah. to not necessarily grow them for bud, but kind of test them up a little bit, kind of bend them up a little bit, check them out, see what they do. And, uh, you know, if they really make it through the protocol, then they get released. So sometimes, you know, you can, you know, directly find genetics through banks and stuff. But you're not going to find all the flower regs right now. So that's the new uh, kind of outlook we're looking for. And the reason why is because you get replicas. Uh, with the autoflower reg, there were so much variance coming out constantly, always. Like, we would release a, a Thor's Hammer times, um, and, you know, times rock bud or, you know, a rock bud genetic or um, Mendocino 2020 genetic or a fast bud genetic. And we would have an African version times our staple Thor's Hammer. And we would kind of create menus um, called the Hammer Lines. And we would release those, but... We start to realize that even during testing, the females that we found, like, they weren't consistently always coming out. You know, with the autoflower regular, we were getting lots of males, lots of females, um, all in different shapes and sizes, you know. So it was a good thing when it came to breeding because if we wanted to take this to an F2, F3, F4, or that cross with it, we had a lot to work with. But when it came down to production, growers that have a tent, they can only grow one or two plants. Or growers that need flowers every time they grow, they don't got time for that right now. So we realized having only autoflower regular was kind of holding us back. It's also holding other people back from really having the ability to enjoy the buds in the best way. So we realized that coming back with the autoflower scent, we could produce replicas by hunting and selecting those best of the best, putting them into each other, making sure they're good to go. And then those replicas, those photographs that I take are going to be replicated through your garden every single time because of the fact we did the feminized work. With the autoflower regular, for some reason, it just seems to kind of want to take a good variance a lot of the time. That's because they're meant really for good breeding, you know, if you want to work with all You know, they're really yeah. great flowers and they're, they're naturally wild a little bit. Um, females, you know, out of them, they come from a wild place, but you know, they're bred for a reason with the direction. So we've been right. around fems long enough. We know some issues can happen. And I'm going to cover that in one of my episodes about what stress hogs are versus a full-blown hernia is because when you make fem seeds, of course, it comes with the possible issue. That's feminized seeds have been around for so long now, guys, that when an issue happens, we know whether or not it was genetic predisposition or it was a grower infliction. And there's things that could really be addressed these days. So whenever someone sees that, they can't just take a picture and be like, Hermie, they have to really study. Yeah, it's like, what, what, do you, what did you really do, though, to make it right. Hermie? Is it the plant Herman, or is it you yes. not doing the correct? Correct. So, you know, you never So I have want... a quick question uh, before 
it fades away. Um, if you have a feminized seed already, and then you have that plant herm, those seeds that come out of that plant after herm are those now feminized seeds, or those genetic so, traits follow through when it herms out, or are you going to get still male seeds out of that as well off of a feminized plant? So I'll go ahead and explain it in a long way. It's a short way. Is isn't really a problem. So whenever you're selecting a female plant and it doesn't have the tendencies to her and you're reversing it, you're inducing that to happen for a reason because you're wanting to make those seeds. But the fact is that plant straights don't do it on its own without you inflicting the reverse spread. So if the plant were to, now if you were to be popping seeds and say one of your autoflowers did it, one of your autoflower friends did it, and um, it's herming out totally on you. And you're like, well, that's kind of like the same thing that he just did. It's not. That's That yeah. plant is freaking out on its own without being, you know, uh, excuse me. It's either freaking out on its own because of pre-genetic disposition, uh, pre, or excuse me, genetic predisposition, or it's, uh, it's, it's something like a light, something crazy is giving it issues like you're over, uh, overwatering, overfeeding bending it, topping it, throwing it in the shadows for uh, 15 hours and then bringing it out for four hours. People do crazy shit to plants. And, they yeah. <laughs> throw. and, and a I've lot seen... of them make it too. I mean, these, these plants can handle a lot to right, a point. You know? To a point, right. You know, but I've seen people literally try to make it. And then think, oh, well, I'm going to make seeds with this now because of the fact that it's it's now throwing pollen that automatically that pollen to another autoflower fan is going to be perfect. No, there's a lot of things in between. First off, like I mentioned with the disposition and, or stress and bad growing. And then there also could be the fact that um, whenever you breed a already auto fan into another auto fan that would feminize sometimes that could lead to issues. So that's the big reason why we start with a female autoflower regular that we reverse into another female autoflower regular to make the fins. Instead of finding someone's fins that are already made, like say I take a pack of Fast Buds Purple Lemonade and decide that I'm going to reverse the Purple Lemonade into a Thor's Amber. Or excuse me, not the receiver, another uh, autoflower seminar, say like a 2020 Mendocitos Twizzler, Twizzlers. If that yeah. was a, you know, so if I were to take that fin into a fin, I could potentially be creating more issue too as well if I didn't do my homework first. So it's sometimes, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot in between, you know, and there's a lot to talk about. And it also depends on the genetic. It has a lot to do with this parental lineage disposition as I talked about. Whether it's inside its its DNA to to be finicky, or it's inside of its DNA to be able to handle some issues, you know. Mm -hmm. So we try to breed with the stuff that's not finicky that can handle some issues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that can that can handle a, a couple of little mistakes along yeah. the way. One good thing every lumber out there is messed up. Correct. Yes, because it's not always <laughs> a breeder's fault, and I'm not trying to defend myself or others. I'm just trying to say I've ran into this issue before. And I didn't know what to do, whether to blame breeder, blame myself, keep moving. But the thing was that ultimately at the end of the day was their fin 
it can happen. So it is what it is. You know, hopefully the person didn't charge me $300 for a pack of six of them. You know what I mean? Because that's what, yeah, a lot of these guys these days are doing that in the photo world, and it's tough because I like to grow new stuff. Sure, I hear all these stories about Sea Junk JBZ and all these boys creating wonderful cultivars, you know, but you know, the charge that much is wild, and that's because they think everybody's breeding with them, you know, but or you make well, it since I, I jumped on the auto flower view, I can't believe how many breeders there are. Like I said, I'm still new to the game, and since I hopped on, it's just like Every day, it's like, oh, this breeder, this breeder, that breeder, this breeder. It's like, oh, shit, man. There is, like, unlimited amount of flavors out there that people are creating right now. I'm, like, so excited to see how this is going to turn out in the next five years and what kind of weave we're really going to be smoking. Because right. everyone's not, working so hard to come up with the best. Right. And I'm not a penny pincher to where I think $300 is too much for a pack of six fins because I'm a penny pincher either. Because I sell units, man. I got poundage. I know what time yeah the game you know what i mean exactly. make that 300 back no problem yeah <laughs> exactly. no but that's not the thing here i'm trying to focus on the everyday growers the new growers i'm trying to see why why are they targeting 300 towards things that they know people do i mean what about the first time growers wouldn't you rather have some new growers grow your stuff yeah and that's you know i like new people because i'll be honest with you i never forgot about the people that were around when I first started going. And I still love those guys. And I still test for those guys. And mm -hmm. I still yeah, you started a family. Canvas is a family. Right, I still grow the same first class stuff. I'm even on one of the teams. You know, I'm loyalty brings royalties. So sometimes the first person you ever run into will, will be your boy. Sometimes it's opposite. So, you know, you always got to watch out. So it is what it is. It's a, it's a girl lifestyle. Everyone's story yeah. is different. Some people got some really good backstories. Some people got some really bad backstories about how they came into the game. I mean, well, speaking uh, of stories, all right, let's, what's your uh, wildest experience with marijuana or right. about the first time you started smoking? So, I mean, I've had so many wild experiences with cannabis. <laughs> That's a hard one. But let's talk about the first time I ever started smoking. Um, so the first time I ever really started smoking, I wanted to smoke. Something I wasn't really into tobacco or smoking cigarettes and stuff like that, or yeah, I did stuff like that. I had a natural drawn thing to cannabis because I knew it was a plant, I wanted to grow it, and um, you know, I was around the age of about 14 16, going into about eighth grade, uh, yeah, summer eighth grade, you know, ninth grade. I really wasn't um true into it young because I played sports young and I think sometimes when you play sports it'll keep you out of it for a little bit and I agree and then sometimes you got older brothers who play sports who hang out with younger brothers and then that's typically around the time that I started seeing the blood come. so when the blood came around a lot of the people that I knew uh whether they were kind of you know considered you know dangerous or hardcore or whatever you want to say they they smoke bud, but people I respected and that were smart were smoking bud too. Mm -hmm. You know, so sometimes I was like, "Hey, man, you know, a lot of respect." What's the real story behind this? You know, and yeah, they're smoking it. It ain't gotta be that bad. I started to find out that it was medicinal. It started to become legal in California and stuff like that around that time. You know, I'm not too yep. old. You know, around that time, I I said to myself, you know, I'd like to try smoking. So around eighth, eighth grade, I was hanging out with some friends. We were playing basketball. 
and uh, his older brother, of course, you know, was in the was in the business. This was in Florida, and the crazy part is down there they have two different types of buds. They got their regular weed, that's like brick weed. It comes from the islands or Mexico, yeah, the Mexican like brick, yeah, yeah. And then you got a high grade, which they started to call a loud pack before I left Florida, which was about 10, 11, 12 years ago. They were calling it loud back then, but mm-hmm. uh, it was what's called trippy bud. They called it like trippy, and then it turned into <laughs> Larry. Yeah, they were calling it Larry for a while. I think it has something to do with the OG Larry and the Kelly. Yeah, yeah. It was Trubisky and the boys bringing it over too. They started calling it Larry for a while. Larry the cable guy, you know, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the cable. And then, you know, um, they also, the, uh, they used to talk about Arizona bud back in the day, that brick bud. There was a lot of good stuff coming from Arizona. But once a year, they would bring Christmas buds from up north too. And it would smell like the pine trees. You could tell they were shipping the buds through the pine trees. Yeah. And, uh, you would get that every once a year, too. So uh, eighth grade, I'm down there hanging out with the basketball boys. His brother's a bud dealer. Um, he's got all the grades of different books. And uh, they said, you know, oh, uh, Thor, you know, at the time, they had to they didn't call me Thor at the time, you know. Young people, <laughs> they said, oh, we don't. He's a sports guy. They knew me because I was always a big, large guy, real tall, big guy my whole life. Yep. So they say, you know, oh, he should be playing football. Was he going to be a Ricky Williams? They were, they were like, oh, he's, like, he's going to be like a Ricky Williams. And uh, and I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't smoke. But I've always wanted to smoke. I just wanted to smoke. So yeah. he pulled out the high-grade creepy, and um, I smoked it out of a glass piece. It was a glass pipe. And nice. um, with a lighter, you know, and I didn't know what the carburetor was. I remember when they handed me the pipe, they said, you got to put your finger over the carbs. I didn't know what You're the like, car what? was. <laughs> what's the what's card? What does that mean? And uh, they yeah. say, here, I'll light it for you. So all <laughs> I did was kind of, uh, I didn't even hold it. They held it for me. The other guy lit it for me. And I told you better cop. You had breathed and, it in uh, cop, baby. <laughs> man, it was the experience of a lifetime. Autoflower Review uses Dynomyco in every single grow. Great for soil, cocoa, and other growing media. Check out their products at www.dynomyco.com or search Amazon. Many thanks to Dynomyco for sponsoring the Autoflower Review. Check out our Instagram to see Dynomyco in action. Now, back to the review. And the crazy part was, is we immediately after smoking and stuff, we didn't have that much money. So, of course, we didn't afford much. We're not sitting there smoking joints and shit. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. we're getting a little bit above. We're taking a few hits. And uh, that's what we took, especially for the first time. You know, I was in the clouds, man. I was playing <laughs> sports at a higher level. All of a sudden, I was shooting the ball better. All of a sudden, we got the football out. I was, I was running, and I couldn't stop running. I felt like, wow. You know, I was in like Forrest Gump. <laughs> he got new yeah. legs. <laughs> and, but, but it made me want to run. Like, it actually enhanced. Like, I wanted to keep running. So, it was weird. That's all I remember on my first time. I was running. Awesome. Forrest Gump. I, just <laughs> I was running. I didn't want to stop running. It was crazy. I went up and down the block a couple of times. I was like, bro, I just, I just want to run, man, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Outside the weed this body I got. This body's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got I one of these? Good. I felt good. It felt medicinally, man. I felt happy. Yeah. I felt hungry. I didn't feel sleepy until afterwards. But those were the only real side effects besides the fact that I felt like 
everything was enhanced a little bit. You know, it's just. I mean, like, you're going to be tired if you're running around like crazy. <laughs> yeah, but, but the, to, to go back to it, that's also one of my biggest regretters in life is I wish that we would have had cannabis around and accessible like we do now for children that kind of need it. I'm an ADHD type of dude. Um, I'm there with you. You know, and I constantly needed a little bit of a, whether it was a relief or a sit down or a little bit of a talk to to, to kind of clear things out because I would like to talk, not back talk, but just talk as yeah. I'm along here. And, you know, I, sometimes I get into trouble and I was always seeking marijuana, you know, when I got in trouble. You know what I mean? I noticed that. So if Bud would have just been easily accessible in a, in a prescription way where I could just have had a little bit of during those rough times as a kid, you know, man, it would have helped me big time. So I know for well, a fact. The fact I, that I, like I the laws. Hopefully help kids. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Backtrack a bit. No, I was, I'm sorry. I was just saying because the fact of like how taboo they made it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. With all the laws and everything, it, it changed It changed the weed. You feel like you're, you know, yeah. being a bad person if you're smoking. Like, oh, shit, I'm like one of those tobacco, guys. Like, you know, right. And mm -hmm. tobacco was bad to me. And they called it, you know, like, oh, they looked at it as if it was like that. Like it was a cancerous thing. Well, really, yeah. it was helping people. It's the opposite. Yeah, right. It's the opposite. And, and the stigmata was real bad about it. When I felt like there was some good, and then come to find out later in my life, you know that my mom spoke. She always has spoke and was a was a um a, what you call like a you know like a production type smoker. She just spoke with full work, you know, always uh, work use it responsibly. Yep. You know what I mean? She was very yeah. responsible to the point where I really didn't know too much, you know, at all. So, but she was always like that, anyways. Never really drank. We weren't really a, a party lifestyle growing up, you know, and, and cannabis mm -hmm. was. The answer truly, and I always knew it was. That's where the the growing passion, I think, started going along. Soon That's after cool. I started smoking, was when I actually started going to the library and checking out books in the eighth and ninth grade, trying to build hydroponic systems in the backyard. <laughs> so yeah, I gotta figure this shit out. I gotta figure this out. Yeah, we gotta start growing it. We figured out how to grow it, but we can only grow certain strains in Florida, and we would get robbed a lot. People would take our oh. stuff, or the people yeah. that would when we finally did get it right when we'd have to hang dry it we'd we'd meet people and they would scuff us out you know or you know do mm -hmm. something stupid. so i was so happy when i first got up here and knew that we had the potential to to really grow up here properly maine is where it's yeah, at man. and grow comfortable yeah grow comfortably yeah. both ways you're right man 100 you got good neighbors all, all the above yeah there's been so many wild times smoking bud though i think Maybe the most wildest time ever. You know, I, I, it's it's hard to put a pinpoint on that one. I probably have to <laughs> save that one for the next episode, you know. Right. If you, got, <laughs> you had me back on again one time. I appreciate yeah, I'll have you Appreciate that, man. So uh, what are your uh, IPM methods? How do you keep those plants healthy? How do you keep the bugs off, you know? So um, IPM, man, it's really something that I have to do up here. So I live in the mountains of Valley of Maine. It sometimes yep. uh, is really, really humid up here, heavy. I actually tell people I live in the clouds because I actually do sometimes when I'm uh, going up Route 4 into, you know, where I live here in Maine, um, I'm in the valley and I can really see the clouds. And I'm like in the clouds. So sometimes it's so humid up here that uh, it's very easy for any of the vegetables 
or ornaments outside to catch PM and stuff like that. And say if you yeah. actually brush them one day, go inside, forget to change your clothes before you go into one of the gardens, you could potentially bring that type of stuff into your garden. So PM and mildews and moles are like the biggest thing up here that people really kind of look out for. Bugs are pretty maintainable. I haven't seen bugs in years. I did have one run in. I have experienced bugs. And I will say, if you do get bugs, the number one thing you should do, and it sucks, because tell you this, you have to kill every, all your plants, and you have to wipe it all out, and you have to restart. Because they're fucking nasty. Guys, these bugs, <laughs> uh, some of these growers around here, if they're not clean, they'll sit there and keep trying to fight them with sprays. And these bugs become super bugs. They get so resistant to the sprays. Organic sprays don't work no more. Now it becomes yeah. a pest again. I'm not trying to do that because my customers, they test their weed. And there are also people that have COPD, asthma, et cetera. They also exactly. have, they'll see through their weed and they'll go to busting it up and they'll go, service has PM on it. And when that happens, you have to take that bag back entirely. They, you have to take your entire batch back. But that's just me. You don't have to do that yet. This, the, the metric system hasn't been introduced to Maine. And a lot of the testing hasn't been forced yet. But those are things that are going to become into effect in the, in the future years. But for yes, me, we're smart. We already know what time it is. We started doing it right off rip. So we go to the what they call the Cat Lab LLC here in Maine. Guy mm-hmm. Sylvester is the CEO. That's uh, guys at catlabllc.com or catlabllc.com. You'll see he's out of uh, Elliott, Maine. And basically, mm-hmm. you email or call them, and they do potent, potency profiles. And they're, it's only 40 bucks for potency profiles. They'll give you all the THC. Oh, yeah. They'll give you all How the THC. How much do you have to give them? Do you have to give them, like, an eighth, quarter? Um, How much? Yeah. Yeah. So, typically, I do because just in case – Um, I think you're only once a grain each, but I give them the eighth just in case something happens. Like, let's yep. say you drop it on the ground or something, you know, yeah. at least all together to, you know, sample to work with. So I'm just, I'm one of those guys that also sell that way too. You get a unit, you get like a whole ounce with it too. It always weighs over just in case because you can never say anything. That's what led me into doing my seeds that way. Most people with uh, regular seeds, they do 10 packs. I do 15 or more. What it does is it covers both ends. Let's say something mm-hmm. bad happens. Well, Hey, shit happens. You still got that many more. Well, I feel like that's a well. Companies do that too. I know when I got them from uh, Cannabis Code, they would always give you some freebies if you get like a good like six pack or ten pack, whatever. They'll try to throw in probably like two or three free ones in there because you never know. I mean, sometimes seeds don't pop. I mean, yeah, yeah. People don't want to be stuffed out, and I get it. That's why I I kind of charge a little bit higher of a rate for my packs. But the thing is, is everyone knows that they get free shipping. They don't include shipping. On top of that, you get an extra freebie. It's probably going to be a whole nother bag. So it's pretty much half. Yeah, they're getting right. hooked up. Yep, and it always works like that. So um, like I was saying with the testing, though, just to get the um, moisture content, water activity, mycotoxins, um, they'll, they'll sample for yeast, mold, uh, aflatoxins, orcotoxins. Um, mm-hmm. They even do uh, active bacteria, the aerobics, the... Uh, coliform, the endurobacteria, um, E. coli, salmonella, metals, arsenic, lead, uh, mercury, etc. Um, <laughs> any type of filth or foreign material, 
homogeneity, uh, stuff like that, terpene profile. But yep. to test for the mold and stuff is only 25 bucks to test for all that. So it's really Which affordable. That's, that's worth it. I mean, you should be doing yeah. that anyways just for your own right. sense of mind. So each with our new drops here with the auto films, we're going to be testing each one of them too. Because now that we're not in auto flower reg, we're now re we're producing basically like a replica. The way what we're doing these reverse feminized processes with the R1s, we are kind of, we're, uh, we're giving you a replica because in, in auto feminized or almost any feminized type of practice, the reversed female tends to be a dominancy almost like 80, 75 to 80% of the time. Like it's way up there. Like typically your reversed female is going to be dominant on whatever you put it in. So if you can take a terpene profile on a pick of say maybe two or three of them when you're testing, instead of just doing one, have them test three of them and then take the medium profile of the, yep. say, even take the average. Yeah. Even say one's, one's in the thirties, but you got one in the twenties. Hey, I'm still going to do an average. I'm not just going to pick the 30. Because guess yeah. what? It's funny. Because I'm real like that. That's why I yeah. go by the name Real Thor. My first name ain't real. But I'm, my name's really Thor. So I'm really Thor. That's pretty much my thing. <laughs> real, which I'll, I'll always be honest with you. Honesty is the policy here. I think um, sometimes I get myself into trouble being honest. But I'm not going to yeah. be honest with like everybody. You're not going to have DA come in my house to have me tell everything. But I'll be honest with you. Yeah. If you're my friend, it's hell yeah, you know. So don't take me yeah, you got nothing to hide. I mean, we're all we all we're out here growing, doing the fighting the same battle. Yeah, and that's the way it goes. So for IPM, I absolutely have to spray because if bugs happen, man, I'm gonna have to shut down the whole place, cut it out. I spray IPM for preventative maintenance on molds. I typically mm -hmm. um, I think it's IPM only because it's been cheap right now compared to. Other things that I use um, in the past have been way up there in price. So I've kind of gone with the Athena IPM. Um, yep. I use Flying Stall Nupum. And I also use, uh, sometimes I hang the sticky traps just in case, like, say, gnats or something, just in case. I just hang the sticky traps. Um, I also do uh, change clothes before we go into any of the gardens. I have long hair, so I have to either put my hair off, put a beanie on or a brush to make sure that nothing's in my hair too, because that's actually a big way a lot of people bring stuff into their uh, rooms, through their clothes. Also, I, got, I got a long beard, so I always have to watch my beard hairs. <laughs> yeah, gotta watch the beard too, brother. Yeah. yeah. So actually, they, they carry a lot. They carry our scent, you know. I think that's why mm -hmm. they say women are, they dig the beard because, you know, they get that we have a scent, you know what I mean? It's just the way we are. You know, we carry so much in our hair fibers, you know, so you gotta watch that's, out yeah. for that. Mother Nature wanting to get involved, so yeah. Mm -hmm. but, you know, you knock on wood. Knock and... on wood. I've been I've been blessed with my grow. I have a in a bedroom in a ten by ten eighteen feet tent. And the past few years, I've been growing. I haven't had any pests whatsoever. I use the um the cocoa from uh, yeah, that's hydrotype too. Yeah, for the HP. If you use those guys' stuff, it works really good. I mean, I use all organic stuff from Remo Nutrients. And like I said, like even what you're saying, every time I go in there, I'm changing my – I'm pretty much going in my grow room in my boxers every time I go in there. That way, yeah, one way or another. I'm not my fabrics, everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so as long as you start off good and stay you know, true to yourself and keep mm -hmm. those bugs out. Sometimes you got to wash the shoes too. You know, if you throw them outside, people think, oh, well, it was good, you know overnight or something. That's why I actually wear crops 
is because um, you could just wash them down because I'm in hydro. I always got water around. I'll just take yep. the props and straight wash them real quick, uh, you know, before I'm moving in and out. And um, it happened. I've had bugs one time uh, going from outdoor into my breeding area and where my phone area was. And I don't have to Zim one time. So, you know, I didn't really try to fight him. Um, I spoke to enough people that told me it's not worth it's not a war worth wagering. Um you're gonna try to beat those yeah. bugs. Yep, they said you're unfortunately gonna have to um you're gonna have to call everything, throw it away, and then set off the nuclear bomb of the of the fogger bombs, mm -hmm. uh clean up the place and start over. That's what we did. Unfortunately, we lost a lot of wonderful clones that we held for years. Uh, but you're not going to make that mistake again, though. Yeah, never again. It was. I got so excited when I first moved to my new home, when we purchased my new home, that I was having outdoors for the first time. And I was all excited. And uh, I left the nutrient bottle down there. And all it took was just that one time. And sure enough, it, it came all in. So, you know, it's... Uh, Outdoor, hey, it's okay to have your beneficial predators and stuff like that. But I tell people, don't even, don't even risk it inside at all. Keeping any type of bugs at all, do your best yeah. you can to get rid of it, so you don't have to get rid of everything. But if it's bugs like mites, aphids, and drips, just start over, guys. It's a tough, tough call. But I say just start yeah. over because I can. There's a reason why we do this, and it's yeah. Uh, everybody talks about it for a reason. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I can get screwed over, like say. My investment in my grow room is three months of electricity, um, you know, the, the nutrients, depending on who it comes from, um, you know, all the extra labor, uh, the water costs, you know, the extra chemicals, you know, to control the water, stuff like that. Um, you and know, just the emotional effect it has on you, man. If you're growing, uh -huh. you got your shit going yep. for 30, 40 days, everything's going good and all of a sudden pests come in. Man, I mean, I'll be walking around with a chip on my shoulder if my plants are doing bad. Around too, because if you got bugs, then you can spread it. So you're pretty much the cootie guy at that yeah. point. <laughs> you got cooties now. Right. So it's freaking really tough ordeal. You know, like I said, we dealt with that. And I told everybody right when it happened. And, you know, sure enough, uh, I, I got it uh, out of the way and we restarted and we're back to normal. I've never had it in my production room. Um, we've had, we've seen can before. We've been able to really beat that by keeping clean you have to reset your filters you have to wash your fans you have yes. to wash everything the top of the lights guys if you go multiple runs even one run sometimes you could potentially bring disaster upon yourself cleaning that yes. area is humongous take the extra day take the extra day yep i mean dude it is so worth it <laughs> So I use Zerotol too as well. I forgot to mention that in my IPM. I also apply Zerotol. And uh, I actually, I'll be honest, I even spray a little bit of bleach. And the corners on the walls in my room, I know mm -hmm. there's some in there sometimes, but I'm very neat about it just to try to ensure that, you know, nothing is ever getting in any crevices. Like if I got a shitload of snow and I'm trying to ensure that nothing's going to happen, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes spray some Zerotol or some, I'm weird like that. I just want to prevent anything from happening so sometimes i'll do extra cleaning because you can't do enough cleaning sometimes man you have to wipe everything yeah seriously you know though i mean you're not kidding hey everybody i'm gordy with growers coco here to tell you about our premium cocoa fiber products 
We do loose bag cocoa. We have a 70-30 mix, an organic loose cocoa, and a high porosity cocoa peat nut. All are made with your garden in mind, absolutely clean, bagged indoors in small batches. Definitely check us out at Growers Grown, Growers Cocoa on Instagram and at growersoil.com online. So I sometimes, uh, so I, I spray, not necessarily in the beginning, right when they're little. Um, I typically start spraying once a few, once a few leaves are starting to develop, sets of leaves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'll do a very low strength when they're small. And then, you know, I work my way up, you know, to the, to the, you know, how, how much the milliliters will, they'll ask me to, depending on the, the product I use. Because sometimes I like to use the, uh, the IPM. Sometimes I like to use the fine small lupin. Um, it just really depends. And the, the IPM flint, you know, has a lot of different stuff in it, like citric acid, peppermint oil, lemongrass, germanium, with their, you know, yeast, sodium. Got some sorbet and stuff. Um, the flying skull doesn't have as much, and it's actually citric acid based. So I tend to use the flying skull nucum a lot more, but I tend to use the IPM mixed in a little bit with it from Athena and uh, just to kind of double the strength up a little bit. Just yeah. sometimes, you know, I, I kind of I don't want to see it happen. So um, I stop at week three. Uh, once the pistol or a week two, usually because I get so far ahead in hydro that my week two will look like a week three or four sometimes. Yep. So sometimes week two, I can't spray no more. So all the pistols uh, from the females are shooting up, the pre-flowers are developing. If I were to spray, I'd be burning them, it'd be looking really bad. You know, I wouldn't Yeah, it wouldn't be white no more. They'd be mm-hmm. get the yellow and brownish yeah. tip. Well, yeah, they are sure. very skinny. Yep, and I made the mistake before, not in this room, but in other rooms. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm running into that issue. So what I'm trying to do as a, you know, as a, I'm not someone who's trying to brag and say, I got all these years under my belt, but it's the experienced grower. You know, there's a lot of things you can't do no more. You know, if, you, if you're five years plus in into growing and you're making mistakes like that, people are going to look at you and be like, man, it's not like he's evolving. He's kind of just stuttering. You know, you want to be able to evolve as a grower. Don't get lazy. Um, always be happy and passionate because it happens to some of us. We get writer's block like grower's block. Some of us yep. will be like, yeah, I'm tired of smoking just the same thing. I need something new, you know, and then that's when we tend to go astray and we grow hype strains or strains that don't really work for us or strains that are just 30% THC, sure. But man, they just give me a big cloudy head. I don't get any medicinal effects from this. Like, you know, so things happen, you know, or you grow the bad seed, you know, or you get bad seed. So sometimes sticking with what you know works best, works best. Sometimes clones work. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes your nutrient will express that clone differently, and you'll think that you got ripped off and didn't get the clone. No, it's just a nutrient. If you were to grow it differently, it would express like it was expressed when that person released it because they grow it with that nutrient and that style. So you never can get discouraged. Just keep trying, you know. Don't never say, don't never say never sometimes, you know, and um and even sometimes when you're plant i've had some plants that look like shitty like whenever you grow there's always that one strain that you're like this is my favorite i love this name i can't wait to see this one go and you have another one where you're like ah oh, it's okay whatever this one's not doing so good but man i the few grows i've done that little small plant man he shows up when it comes to flower like when it comes right. to flower he shows up so it's like mm-hmm. if i could say something too like if you see a plant it's not looking as good as you like picture you perfectly want it to look 
just let it do its thing. You know what I mean? Because yep. you'd be surprised. Sometimes those ugly plants put off some of the best flower. <laughs> or or it needs a little bit more silica, like uh, like the runs alone when it came out. The first jokes of runs and everybody's real hyped for the runs until the runs comes out. And a lot of people start growing it and they're like, I don't really like runs that much. And people are like, why? It's a wonderful taste, straight buzz. Mm-hmm. They don't realize the plant and what it comes with and how it grows. And like it needs a lot of silica. So runs. Typically, a lot of people will think it's sick sometimes. You know what I mean? They'll be like, man, it looks kind of sick. You know, it's just the way that it grows. Like, it needs a little extra of this. Sometimes it needs a little extra of that. Or it needs to be, oh, grow that hydro. You're going to find out what it really looks like. Or grow that in this temperature. You're going to find out what it really looks like. It's cold here. I'm, I'm definitely finding, I'm finding that out now, too, because for the autoflower view, I got, like, eight different strains going at once right now. But I'm doing the same food regimen. And it's like, this one's happy. This one's not. This one's drinking faster than this one. It's it's like, ah, man, running multiple strains is definitely a little more challenging. Uh, Last time I went, I... I was running yeah. just all the blueberry and it was, it was a lot, a lot easier, but <laughs> I'm here, yeah. I'm here to search, you know, right on. And, and it's hard sometimes. And um, that's why I think I really focused on using so many different um, nutrients all the time and comparing them because sometimes they'll unlock better things to certain nutrients. And uh, these new programs coming out are pretty balanced for a little bit of everything. Like they pretty much work on everything. Like a lot yeah. of the nutrient brands, they weren't shaping their, their nutrient brand based on like sativas or you know or just indica you know a lot of them just based it on like you know popular basics yeah yeah they're not testing it out on enough uh different genetics to get the information that they need you know what i mean yeah they're just going oh well it works for all these cookie and gelato strings you know it must be the fire if it's turning everything to dark purple black you know stuff like that um which can sometimes be genetic too but nutrients will pull it out sometimes you know so and, and sometimes even outdoor expression can do it too you know growing in a different uh place altogether yeah who so, knows even the natural if you don't do like a big raised bed once those roots stick down you don't know you could have high iron down there who knows it's really deep down in the soil right the ph could be different because i see yeah. that happen to a lot of people outdoors they'll go man i'm doing great all of a sudden, my plant is starting to spot these copper circle spots and stuff, and they don't realize that the roots have shot through the pot, dug into the ground, and the pH of the ground is so different, and the chemistry is that it's actually causing, you know, a certain nutrient to become over. Like lockout. Yeah. Right, and it locks it out in some ways. So people don't realize, you know, different things. It's, it's such a chaotic game, guys. Growing is so much fun. We can talk about it all day and all the time, and there's endless subjects. And there's endless yeah. things to get into. And that's why I also love cannabis. And that's another reason why I joined the podcast. So I could have more episodes, more talks with you guys, focused on a lot of those subjects that we talk about now because we're just we're bouncing around to such good stuff, juicy stuff. You know, I want to yeah. break some of this down. I know the audience is going, oh, hell yeah. I know exactly what's going in there, probably talking about that still. You know, there's a lot to cover, you know, a little bit over. So have you tried any other growing methods? Um, oh yeah, I, I actually grow with soil um, outdoor. I combine yeah. it with cocoa and peat. Um, it's a little bit of a hybrid method. Um, I also use a little bit of uh, organic too as well. I do an organic bed. Um, I also do. I'm learning that. I'm actually fairly new to that. But the soil methods, I'm very used to. Um, I know exactly what to do. Um, mm-hmm. exactly, especially with that microbes. I love me some microbes and colonies. <laughs> 
that's where it's at. Dude. Yeah, you can unlock some really good special uh, abilities in plants. I mean, I've grown some of the best potos and the microbe and soil uh, hybrid soil. It's just, I love microbes. Primordial solution and stuff like that in soil uh, with a little bit of Hercules Harvey's and the uh, Pablo's, I think it's Pablo's Passion or Pablo's Harvest, something like that, Palo, something like that. I got to get into the names. I'm not really good at remembering the names. But uh, oh, I know it's like a, a blur in my mind. Every day I'm hearing a new name. I swear <laughs> it happens, and that's that's why we forget. We tend to do that, and uh, mm -hmm. as humans, and it happens. But uh, you know, rocking the soil, I love it. Uh, cocoa, I'm growing the cocoa. I'm uh, enjoying cocoa, but yep. it's kind of the same thing as DWC a little bit, except you could use a little bit of additives and some uh, beneficials and stuff, which I like that about cocoa. I could use additives. The not. cocoa can be a little more forgiving sometimes. Forgiving. That's why I'm, I'm scared about the, the DWC. Because if, yeah, if my power goes out or whatever happens, it's like you only have a, a feel like a few windows of time to save your plant it can die a lot faster yeah. than if, like you let it that forget about it, cocoa. Correct. Yes, um, that is exactly why I bought the house that I bought um, that was right next to a hospital because I realized that um, when power grids go down, um, they're the first to get it back. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. And they usually have they usually don't go down. They usually have like big systems that keep them up no matter what. So yeah. anytime that this town has an issue, my power has never been out once. I've had half of my block off and then, you know, half of the block on. So I realized that it is a square section, a certain area. Um, on top of that, it is as forgiving as cocoa. DWC is not really as scary as you guys think it is. Um, the only thing okay. is, is like, like if the power went out, that wouldn't be your biggest thing for DWC. It'd be your biggest thing for your lights. But as mm -hmm. far as the pumps blowing out or something like that, they wouldn't really have an effect for about 48 hours. Um, your water's just going to want to stay oxygenated. So um, that's why RDWC is real cool because it keeps the recirculating with pump and it oxygenates with air stoves at the same time too. With nice. your single cell DWC, you have your pump feeding your airline through your net pot into the um, connected to an air stone, which just pretty much bubbles. So mm -hmm. of course, if it cut off, it would just unoxidize. Unoxidized water, it would become what they call the the Dutch bucket method or whatever. I forgot. There's a certain name for it too. Uh, a guy's name, but uh, it's like BWC without a pump, and it does work for certain veggies. But um, Pythium comes real quick, and it's just so much better to have the oxygenated in there. But anyways, like BWC, the thing that's the issue that scares people the most is the fact that you can steer uh, your crop, and it's like a Ferrari. So say if you had a lockout or your pH was too high for one day, um, you're going to walk in and see your freaking car running like crap immediately. Uh, as if with soil, it takes a few days for it to kick in. Yeah, and you get uh, immediate responses with the right. hydro. It, it could be a good thing with the hydro, though, because then you can catch it. But that's why yeah. you always want to have the guardian on your water. As long as your pH is always between 5.5 and 5.8, and you can keep it, between 5.5 five and 5.8, five and it never moves, man, that's fucking golden zone. I've seen my pH swing up to 6 before and not have issues too, though. So yeah. I'll be honest, man. You can get away with a lot, a lot more than people tell you. They'll tell you you need a chiller. You don't really need a chiller. I've had successful runs one after another, after another, after another. Do you know? Do you have like a, a temperature gauge? you know what your water temperature is on a, yeah. on a kind of regular basis? 
Always, because I'm always looking for the VPD. I'm always looking for, um, I forgot the other abbreviation too. I'm always uh, shooting the gun at the top of my canopy. I'm always constantly um, dialing in the environment. I have a mini split and a, and a very big humidifier that's way bigger than I should, just because I know <laughs> I live in the mountains and valleys, you know, so I went big. And yeah, um, you got it. Environment, man. I just maintain that environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, the worst thing is that could happen in DWC is you don't correct that pH. Say if like two days go on, uh, no correction to that pH, man, that the plants are going to be angry. Or you yeah. over, you better get that water out of that system immediately. And same if I call it, if your system's like you know two hundred plus gallons, like mine is, you know, you're 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 that's a lot of water. You know, yeah, it's a lot of draining right there. <laughs> yep, and time. So you got to drain it. I have the uh, pump out kit. I used to call it a blowout kit. It's so funny, man. I don't know why I used to rename things. I think it's because I'm <laughs> Southern, and we just shake and talk and call things certain slang words all the time. Yeah, I, uh, I can relate. Really... You, you just hook up the pump on one end, and it kind of blasts it out a little easier and uh, keeps the, you know, the whole entire system totally, you know, out of the water, and then you can refill it. Um, say if like something like that happened and I fed too much, I would just empty the system, refill it back up, put the PPMs at this at the right level. I wouldn't do less considering, oh, I got more in there. I would want to reset it. At put the, it where it's supposed to be at. Yeah, rather than less and thinking that. Because with soil, you would naturally go, oh, it's overfed. I need to not load the soil. PH with, down, yeah. Right. Or, or pH down if it was that pH was too high or something. I think yep. uh, I was talking about PPMs at the same time too, and then PPMs. But yeah, like, um, <laughs> you know, feeding is a big thing with uh, hydro. Less is better. Just feed it about fifty percent. Um, you can yep. start to go up to sixty and seventies once you get into like later flower. But you don't have to feed a hundred percent. You can, but it will sometimes overnight in those plants in hydro. So you kind of want to watch the nitro if you do. Sometimes the phosphorus, the potassium, kind of. That, uh, the potassium is going to push the root development a lot more in DWC. Potassium is going to give you a little bit of, uh, you know, course your flower development density, as well as the, you know, potassium. But potassium in the beginning is really going to help out, really get those roots going. I um, I do recommend a product called CX4 Horticulture uh, Regenerate Root. Yeah, if you combine it with CX4 Horticulture um, uh, Wilt Guard, those two in combination in DWC. Man, that's a fucking awesome yeah. combo. Yeah. yeah, that's really good stuff to add in veg. Like, that's a killer veg combo. If you're going to add anything extra, man, I add that. Like, that's it. That's, I'm not adding any beneficials, no microbes. I'm adding Regen Group. I'm adding Wilgard, my Grow A, my Grow B, my CalMag. And uh, that's it. CalMag Extra because I like iron. And iron's a key in BWC. want to have some extra iron added in there. Good to know. Yep, very good to know. Iron, always have a little bit of extra iron. Not necessarily the Calmax side, but, you know, raw iron, the raw brand, add a little bit of iron, just keep it a little little bit above average. You're going to be steering that fucking crop right. Especially if you get get that dialing room. If you're really growing for production, I tell people to use tables. If you're looking to save money and and really produce and, and do good, get those GG tables and run tables and do square footage but the way i'm doing it i'm still a bit of a passionate hobby grower i'll never go full commercial i'm always going to have a little bit of unorthodoxy and to grow a little bit i'm always going to be a little different than others and the reason why is because i still practice 
<laughs> yeah, I'm so crafty, man. I'm not, I'm not selling out just to make big weight. I'm going to have a bunch of varieties and I have a bunch of awesome stuff and it's still going to work out for the best. And, you know, I, I've yet to fail and, and, and uh, yet so far. So it's worked yeah. out for me. I've yet to hit negative or, or spend. It always ends up, uh, you make your money back, you know, if you do it that way. But that's, that's because cool. I, turned into, I turned into a business. At first, when I was growing for, you know, just buds, I would I would still sell some and make the you know the extra electricity and stuff I made back, but I would majority keep most of it. Nowadays, you know, of course, I I make a little bit of money sometimes with it. Sometimes I'll keep it, you know, and I'll say, hey, I'm keeping a few of these pounds personal, you know, for sure. You know, so oh, man, I know from being a kid and just trying to buy weed all the time, like just having a nice big bag that I can just pull out of whenever yeah. I want and not having the stress of like trying to mm -hmm. meet up with this guy or talk to that person or go to a different Yeah, you're totally right. And, and grow it better too, exactly. And this stuff I have right now is freaking phenomenal. I'm like not yeah, interested in anything else. I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> right on. Sometimes when you grow it yourself, you know, it's a little bit better too. It's just what works that way. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know the whole life of the plant. I know I didn't add anything to it. I know it's been clean. I had no mold, so it's just like you can smoke it with confidence. Especially if you grow clones over and over again, that's when they tell you that you really whooped that clone's ass. When you've grown it three or four times, and you've actually like grown it different ways, and you know exactly what you want, a little bit more of that. That's called whooping the strain's ass, and you've done <laughs> strains butt whooped, and you totally know. Exactly what she, exactly what she wants. Yeah. Right. She works for you. She works for daddy, you know, and you're a good you're good for her too, you know. So it's just like that. You gotta figure it out, you know. They're they're individuals like us sometimes. You just gotta figure out what makes them tick a little bit, you know. Treat them exactly. a little bit better in a certain degree. <laughs> so, so if you had to choose um like a photo or an auto period, what would you kind of lean more towards if you had to choose one? Uh I have to say um, if I could have both, I'm gonna say that off the rip, of course. I, I, <laughs> you can't I say that, not, that's not a choice. <laughs> yeah, it's not part of the choice here today, guys. It's an easy question, so I'll be honest with you. Uh, photo periods, um, like your photos before autos, autos are a passionate hobby of mine. I mean, a passionate hobby of mine. Um, so are photos, but uh, auto flowers intrigue me on a different level. Um, because there's not many breeders and there's not much knowledge and it's 2023 and there should be people out there trying to keep it alive and trying to make it better. And you know what I'm saying? You got to remember a lot of these rumors and myths about autoflowers created were back with when they were taking Williams Wonder and Northern Lights and putting it into a uh, Mexican style ruralis, not, not an actual, because now we have auto flowers from different regions, Russia, um, Siberia, different places. So, yeah, they come from uh, when the, the original ones weren't necessarily giving us the expressions that were something to brag about or write home about. So nowadays in 2023, more people are throwing more photo periods into them, developing them, but they're learning that auto flower reg is really for more of the breeding style and the preservationist and people who are studying them. And then when you get into a lot of our salmonized, it's for the production, it's for going flower, it's for really growing the best of selection because we're trying to replicate through selection of the best and the offspring is going to show the results. Um, you can continue to take it generations to make it an exact replica every time. 
or you can bat cross too as well that way to do that. But there's all kinds of different things you can do with the auto, just like you can do with the photo. I just care about the auto because I want to take it to the next level. And I know not many people are doing it. And I felt like if I did it, I would have a little bit of a notch. In it. I would understand. Mm -hmm. I would be someone at least carrying the torch long enough for someone else to take the torch. Um, yeah. so whenever I'm carrying the torch for, you know, as far as what I'm explaining. And uh, I enjoy growing autos part time. But if I had one choice, I'm choosing photos because mm -hmm. photos um, have a little bit more of a selection that I want. And that's because I just explained autos have not been worked enough to where they have varieties coming out constantly um, enough. That we're, we're pretty much taking photo periods and putting them into them so we could have better autos. So, I mean, that's obviously the direction is photo periods. That's what Mother Nature intended. Um, yeah. Ruderalis areas of the world. Class, you know, we're in the same class. If you were to get caught with bud, it's the same class. It's they put cannabis sativa and us in the same class, guys. So even though we're sisters or cousins, autoflower to photo period, it's it, they're, they're both cannabis at the end of the day. And um, I, I choose photo period over autos, even though I love autos. I have mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily pros and cons. It's just common sense, really. I think Mother Nature would say that too as well, that she gave autoflower splits for a reason to be utilized for certain situations. Correct. You know, more of a gift. Um, well, the fact that it just allows the plant to grow literally anywhere in the world, besides like Antarctica, right. obviously. But like, man, I see so much potential in those autos. If you were to go federally legal, I see autoflowers being at like every single Home Depot type store because you know how they got like orchids and ornamentals and these special little plants to grow on the side and these, these small little cool plants. I think you're going to have big business in it, big business in it. And I think if you didn't have a tie into it or some type of information into it, you'll never be involved in any type of cannabis lifestyle. Take your grow to a new level with new level hydroponics, state-of-the-art hydroponic systems. The Autoflower Review uses New Levels Deluxe DWC system that features a Venturi pump which allows water changes into a nearby sink. New Level Systems comes with everything you need to get going hydroponically with your budget in mind. We thank New Level for sponsoring our featured photo tent and allowing us to show you how superior they really are. Check out their systems at www.newlevelhydro.com. I'm not here for the money. I'm here for the lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, I just exactly. want to be a part of the movement and like a part of things. So I didn't care less about being famous. And this is a reason. Uh, and here's the fact that the reason why you can tell them some truth. Um, I don't show my face. I've been on social media for a really long time. You know, I don't I don't sit there and show my face and and show me why I don't go live every day. And yeah. The <laughs> little thing I do and do giveaways every single day trying to get popular and do what's popular and how much right and name dropping. I'm here to learn and be a part of the industry. And, you know, sometimes yeah. you got to choose. Do you want to be famous or do you want to, do you want to be a foundation guy? And sometimes I understand podcasting could lead you to showing your face. I'm probably going to show my face. And it's not, um, it's not, not like about that. Really right, right. But, you know, interested in it. I focus on, on the plant. Yeah. And when I first started breeding, I gave, I, I, when I first worked my Thor's hammer and Wildberry Skittles, um, whenever I needed it, 
I worked it first generation, second generation, and handed them out for free for first generation, second generation, and played with them for a long time and worked with them for, you know, well over a year before I ever said, okay, I'm hunting and making this F3 right now for production, you know, and I'm going to start doing production. So I had experience for years and, and didn't just come out of the boat going, I'm going to be this way, you know, it, it turned into that way. I made some yeah. with my friends free grow again. And they said, dude, how did you know to pick these and put these together? Because and I said, well, it kind of was, it, it, it was meant to be, it happened to be that way. It was all I had for stock too, as well. I had traded some of my soul fire gear um, that I bought and I traded seeds to another guy who gave me just a handful of, each of genetics that I worked with that I bred with. And that's how I ended up getting them. I traded the genetics I got. And uh, I worked with them, and they happened to just go together really well. And it worked out for the best, you know. And okay, that's it's just it meant to be. Yep. Meant to be, man. And uh, we also did it to grow, to have stock, you know, and then it ended up becoming a thing. So I think um, I always did auto flower reg, though. And that's why I tell you, you know, we're trying to get into auto flower thin because. Now I want to offer the flower to you. When I was selling, or excuse me, when I was breeding, preserving, and working with the bank, uh, you know, with autoflower seeds, I would work with autoflower regs. And my total intention was that people were buying them to do breeding work and to study the autoflower a little bit more and to have the autoflower males and females, you know. And um, that was the direction with them. Now. Everybody's saying, dude, we want to, you know, we only hit, you know, one out of every four give us really super fire bug. You know, we really want, you know, a female every time. And everybody's telling me this, so like, you know, we, we want to have that female, you know, that awesome female, and, you know, all the yes. time. When I got seeds, I definitely search out for feminized seeds. So that's definitely yeah. something I, I lean towards. Because it's tough. Not everybody's got a space for four to six plants, you know, and then they'll throw yeah. away females. And then they're left with three females, and then one of them's the killer one. You know, they want yeah, that. Unless you have a way to send your, uh, um, like, cut a, a section of your leaf off and have it tested to find out if it's male or female, unless you, you know, you don't have that resource. Right. I mean, you yeah, had to grow that plant up. I mean, you end up wasting your time, soil, and everything. You don't have the money or the resources to do it. So there's that's why I said, you know what, man, it's time that I focus on a flower fan, and I'm going back to all of the stuff that was good that everybody loves. That was only an autoflower reg version, and I'm making it an FM version. And okay. I'm at the point where I almost have them all done. They're not released like at many releases and drops yet. I've mm -hmm. lent some of them out to certain people and stuff, and you know we're we're, we're doing our thing. And uh, soon to be, I'll have everything that was really worth it on the Hammerline 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0 because I've dropped three lines now with multiple banks, um, had sellouts in all of them. And um, I'm ready to just get the auto feminized versions of them done, and then I'm going to take a break from breeding auto flowers for a little bit. I'm going to mm -hmm. breed some quarter period. I have a forest hammer from Snow High Seeds. I've been working on for a long time, years. Uh, this is for a long time. So um, I held on to this clone forever. Um, I've been working uh, for Hammer IX F9 into the original Thor's Hammer. Um, I've gotten seeds up from that. We've searched that out, found a really great keeper clone, and I'm going to start growing that for production-wise and having Thor's Hammer around, and I'm also going to 
breed it into other things. So I could kind of have a Thorsammer in the photo version now being able to offer that out, you know. So there was never a Thorsammer in auto version. That was a big reason why I worked with the autos too. Wanted to kind of get that side of things done. Uh, Snow High Seeds wrote me a letter, told, pretty much passing the torch. I, I got the letter still. Um, I got pictures of the packs when he first sent them to me, but I'm down to growing them all already. So there's no use in showing an empty pack. But so we've posted in our story before, and people know exactly what I've done over the years. Um, I have everything ready to go. I think uh, uh, I would love to drop the, the Thor hammer on my grow. You know, hopefully yeah. one of these days I can get some genetics from it because I'd, I'd love to try them out and grow them out. Free on the house. Anybody at the Autoflower Review team, we're all teammates. I'm going to be sending it to all you guys for free. Even the clone, too, because I love the clone. So that's yeah, what's so cool. That's a real Thor way. That's the Viking Gardens way, man. Whenever you Fuck grow yeah, man. Clones, it's like an agreement. It's like right then and there, we've made a verbal commitment. Uh, we're we're growing together, you know what I mean? And I'm not going to let you down, you know? And, and if you've grown something in the past, and like I said, I didn't explain to you, you know, properly what was going on, you know, just, you know, stick with me. And if uh, if uh, flower production on the auto flower is what you really want to have, 24-7, these feminizers are really going to are gonna produce, man. I can't wait to share those once they're finished. Oh, yeah. So how can uh, people, you know, follow you and stay in touch with you? So um, we do have a genetic website uh, on Instagram, you know, Viking Genetics, uh, excuse me, Viking Gardens uh, underscore genetics. Um, that is our genetic page. Uh, we don't always post everything, but if you send me photos of your growing stuff, I will try the best I can to save the photos and catalog them. I got a lot of photos of my grows and I forgot to grow them. And sometimes um, the messages will get old. I'll have to delete and stuff and I lose track. So if you've grown something and you want it posted too as well, Double send it to me again. I'll make sure to probably get you up there. We post most of everything we can. Um, most of our genetics are on that page on Instagram. And we also uh, have my personal profile at RealThor89. It's always been my personal profile for since I got on Instagram. Uh, four, nice. You haven't gotten ago, Maybe five years ago. I've only been on there for four or five years top. So. Instagram hasn't got you with the block yet? Um, they used to Lock a lot. They used to, yeah, when I used to go live, I used to be the guy that went live and showed all my grow room all the time. I'd teach people how to do it, do DWC classes and stuff. And yeah. right towards the end, which was about summertime last year, where I quit doing these things, I was getting reported like every time I'd go on. So I don't know why I've never had beef with anybody in the community over anything that has been nonsense. So there's no karma coming at me. I don't yeah. know why people are doing it. I've even heard uh, lies and comments and, and videos and stuff uh, just recently in a lot that I was saying, I was like, wow, man, these people are crazy. So sometimes <laughs> I would get upset with the fact that they reported me and then I, would, I couldn't go live for like three months. Into it. Yeah. I'd be banned for like like at least two months, and it would happen. And then I would go Regular. live and I'd teach a class, and then yeah. I'd go for the next class, or I'd go to post it. It would get reported, and then I couldn't go live no more again. So it was yeah, like, it's like why, why am I doing? If someone's reporting you. Yeah, someone's reporting you. That's just that's someone just like following your page and just trolling on you and just trying just to fucking report. take you down. Right, just trying to take me down. And the weird part is, is I've had my my page for. 
over, like I said, about four years. It's been the only page I ever had. I don't have any other names, but I've had other people try to replicate my name and make my name, but put like an extra R or an underscore after it. That's when you know you're doing good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know that, but it's still scary. <laughs> How do you know, bro? Like I see, I know it sounds stupid or, or maybe I'm just talking too much about myself, but those things happen to you guys. Like, so just expect it when it happens, because like he said, you must be doing something right for someone. I don't know why people do this to me. Cause like I said, we've never ripped no one off. There's not anyone that could come on Instagram that hears any of these uh, podcasts that can come to you and say it and prove it and show mm-hmm. me it, it doesn't happen. You know, we're really about the community here. We want to know why, because we're just like you guys. I was a dude asking for seeds, bro, asking for a pack because I couldn't afford a pack. I was yeah. before I really had my. Yo, just put me on the game. Like I'll show you. Yeah, I can do good. I'll just ask for you. Um, if they ask for testers, I would email them and show them why I could be a tester. Now I wouldn't just bum rush somebody's DM without them asking for testers. Or if they already had testers working for them and one of their testers told me to ask them. You see what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. the only time I would ever ask for a tester ever because I know how it goes and what you're supposed to do. I've tested for good people. I still work with some of the teams that I've tested for, but I've also tested for bad people too. People that were strictly out there for money only to the point yeah. to where they were trying to pay people for testing. It was more pay people to keep their mouth shut because at the end of the day, uh, it hermied all the plants. And then on top of that, the four, uh, three other people that were in the group testing the plants with me, they all heard me too as well. So it was like a real bad scene because the guy didn't want to accept the fact, even though we were sending him messages and saying, look, this is bad. He wouldn't accept it on himself and he would always try to point it out. Uh, like something bad about your throat, but then it would it happened to the three other testers in the grow too, and that's yeah, when so I you're knew. like, yo, it's not just my fault, man. Like you know something right. going on. Something's obviously going on. But like he said, he was willing to pay people off to keep the mustache. And at that point, I kind of that's about the only bad thing I've ever discovered on IG was when someone tried to pay me to keep my mouth shut about testing this stuff that was hurting hardcore. It was pretty crazy, and it it turned into the point to where they had to make up lies and stuff just to kind of equal. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing: I was vulnerable, though. I only had a thousand followers at the time. I was a brand new IG grower, real mm-hmm. forward, four years ago. Had a thousand followers, and when I was testing for certain individuals and stuff, you know, so I looked easy to be a victim. So I pretty much was. You know, like, oh, there's no way to, you know, this this is bullshit, you know. So you can test for bad people and you can test for the right people. I just, I, I don't like using testers. I test myself. But what I do is I also hand out testers because I want to see them grown in other places. And if I didn't exactly. say the testers, they could just keep them. So I got to call it a test effect, you know, so because you mm-hmm. want people grow it you know but i don't force people to grow my stuff that's the thing you know i tell people hey yeah, if I you want to try it out like here you go man let, let me show me some pictures let me know how right. it comes out we can see it, how it expresses in your place because sometimes i can produce a picture and the plants will come out the same way they'll come out different or i could even send you a clone that grows dwc here but if you grow it a different method oh, yeah. with different nutrients it's not going to look the same or if you grow that plant, you're going, man, it don't look nothing like the, the pictures I, I, I he posts. Well, that's because, you know, you're not, you know, it, this you isn't the all the variables. Yeah, it's different. 
autofly array, you know, you need to understand what's going on. So I, I always explain everything best I can because I'm just like everybody else. I know what it's like to buy a pack, test for people, buy seeds and then not germ, or buy seeds and then herm and it not be a grower fault, or that be the only herm in a room of 15 other plants that didn't herm. You know, that doesn't make sense. You know, it makes, it's probably predisposition. So things, you know, you learn along the way, guys, and don't be discouraged with people. I'm not just speaking upon myself, you know, because like I said, I'm just like everybody else here, I'm growing to learn. Just like okay. everybody else, I'm not above anybody else. I'm just four, five years deeper than the person thinking that, you know, because everyone else experience. Right. Most people have the same experience as me. I just could sometimes per, put it out in words a little bit better, you know. But we yeah. all know this stuff. We know what's oh, yeah. going on. Well, I really appreciate you for coming on today. I'm sure we'll end up talking to you again. No doubt. Wrap it up here, Adam. KJ sending me messages. Hey, hurry up, guys. Let's go. Yeah. In the clock. Right (laughs) on. I can talk to you all day, man. You're you're awesome. Um, Definitely interested in some Thor genetics, man. I ain't going to lie. You're you're local. Maybe one day I could take a a trip up and see the farm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not far away. Yeah, the team. Cool. We're part of a team now, man. I'm really, uh, I'm a, I'm a guy that that knows that loyalty brings royalty, and that teammate oh, yeah. a lot, man. I mean, they mean a lot to me. So, I mean, all day let's get this, let's grow, 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 brother. I got you, man. Oh yeah, brother. I can't, I can't wait to see the future. All right. Uh, and all for the listeners out there, thank you as well. Much appreciated. Any questions or comments, you can find me on my Instagram, say less underscore grow more. And if anyone has a dispensary or a business that they would like to bring onto the podcast, we'd love to have you on. And that's a wrap for today. Stay high, my friends.